Hey, this is Pastor Brian, lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, Ken Island. We want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast, and we would love to connect with you more. You can do so by following us on Instagram at CenterpointKI or on our church website, www.centerpointchurchki.com. At Centerpoint, we are a community of believers passionately pursuing Christ. Our prayer here is that this message will inspire you and ignite a passion within you to cause you to have a deeper walk and more intimate relationship with God. Again, thank you for tuning in and please enjoy the message. Uh, my name is Joel. Some of you might remember me. Some of you might know. Like, it's re- really cool. Every time I come here, I see new faces. Uh, I was a part of the original Center Point in Annapolis, where we were back in the day. That's how Brian and I know each other, how I know some of you. Uh, it's really cool to see kind of like the Center Point name live on here in Can Island. And every time I, I come to get to uh, interact with you guys, it's really, really cool for me. Um, Brian uh, said that you guys are in a series called Hearing the Voice of God, and he asked me to uh, speak a little bit on the idea of uh, hearing the voice of God from the Bible. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And before I do that, why don't we uh, uh, just uh, have a time of prayer uh, and and then step into this moment. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes for a second. And um, whatever it is that you came through this morning, uh, God can handle. Whatever it is that's worrying you, the thing that, you know, you have to do today, the thing that you have to do this week, the phone call that weighs over you, the regret, that was, all of that, that can handle. And the beauty of being able to come together is that we get to lay that at the feet of God. So close your eyes. Take a deep breath if you want. Dear God, um, you know, we step into this room and there's all these thoughts running across our minds, and uh, we don't want to miss what you have to say because of the things that are running in our minds right now. So we ask for your peace. We ask for your spirit to help us focus, to attune our ears to what you have to say, that Jesus would say to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. We pray that somehow with the topic that we touched this morning that it would speak to our minds and our hearts and the places that we are in our lives, Lord. I pray that the words of my mouth and that the meditation of my heart would be pleasing to you. In the name of Jesus. Um, I remember years ago, uh, some church I was at and, and heard this uh, old preacher joke. If you grew up in church, you probably heard that. It's like a man that was you know, struggling to make an important decision. Do I know what to do? And he decided, you know, I'm going to open the Bible and, you know, whatever I see, that's that's what I'm going to do. So he opens his Bible at random and his finger lands on Matthew 27, 5 that says, then Judas hang himself. Uh, and the guy said, okay, well, that's not right, right? So like, let me try this again. It's just the same thing. And his finger ends up landing on uh, Luke 10, 37 that says, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Uh, and the guy's okay, wait, this is definitely not right, right? So he opens up the thing, he's saying a third time, and opens that, and his finger lands, lands on John 13, 37, that says, whatever you're about to do, do it quickly. Uh, 
And the, the point of the joke is that you shouldn't just cherry pick verses from the Bible, right? Like the Bible doesn't work kind of like a magic eight ball that you kind of like, you know, shake it a couple of times, throw it against the wall, and then whatever passage you lands on, that's what you have to do. But with that said, you know, you're in this series that's, you know, we're talking about hearing the voice of God, and we refer to the Bible as the Word of God. We are, you know, if you grew up in church, we're told your whole life that you should read the Bible, that this is how God speaks. And the question then becomes, well, exactly how does God speak through the Bible? Or, or, or say another way, how do we listen to the voice of God? Through? So that's what I kind of like want to look at. Today, I want to invite you to go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 11, and I'm going to start reading on verse 18. This is what it says. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bite them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. The book of Deuteronomy is part of the first five books of the Bible. We sometimes call that the Pentateuch. If uh, you're a Jewish person, like in ancient uh, Jewish land, they would call that the Torah. The Torah is kind of like the, the, the core of the law of, of, of the scriptures for them. They, they also would call them the, the books of, of Moses. And uh, before this, before kind of like the Torah emerges in Judaism, there wasn't really a written text of scripture, right? Like the way that you heard from God was, well, you had to be lucky enough that God spoke to you, that God showed up, that an angel showed up. That's the only way that, that the people would hear from God. And, and then something happens when God calls Israel out of Egypt. They go meet with God in Mount Sinai and God gives them what we call the law, right? Like the Ten Commandments and all the, the, the laws that we see in, in Leviticus. And that's what eventually becomes the Torah, these, five, these first five books of the Bible. And, and this passage that we just read encaps, encapsulates this important moment in the development of, of the Jewish religion, but also kind of like gives us a little bit of insight as how understanding of the Bible has developed. Because here is God, you know, giving this law to Moses, give, and Moses is recording it, and God is commanding Moses and the people of Israel at the time to focus their attention on those words that he's giving to them. Not only on that specific moment, but he's actually saying for the rest of your life and then basically for the rest of your life as a, na as a nation, if you want to be in communion with me or said another way, if you want to hear from me, I want you to keep these words. I want you to learn them. I want you to meditate on them. I want you to put them into practice. For, for the Jewish people, the Torah was not just a book, but it was the revelation of God. It was kind of like what showed you what life with God was like. It was all there at the core of what it meant for them to be the people of God. It meant that you observe the Torah. Now, fast forward, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, Jesus enters into the scene. And Jesus says kind of like very, you know, uh, definitive things about himself, right? He's saying that he is the bread of life, that he is the way, that nobody comes to the Father through him. What he's really saying is that the ultimate revelation of God, it's no longer just a book, it's a person. If you wanted to hear from God, if you wanted to know who God was, what God thought, what God wanted, 
you had to look to Jesus. And yeah, this happens. Jesus, you know, dies. Jesus resurrects. Jesus ascends to heaven. And the church gets started. And then fast forward to, uh, for example, the letter of 2 Timothy. is the Apostle Paul writing to one of his disciples. And he says this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, he says, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good word. What's fascinating about this is that Jesus shows into the scene and there's kind of like this deeper revelation of who God is. God is... Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God, but Jesus is part of uh, a member of the Trinity. I know a pastor that says, God looks like Jesus. God has always looked like Jesus. Sometimes we don't know about it at one point, but now we do. So, so the revelation of God is Jesus. Then, you keep reading, you go to the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit shows up, and this is even a deeper sense of like, it's not only that we follow Jesus as a teacher and as our Lord and our Savior, but now that somehow something of God, like something of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, lives with us. We have this incredibly deep level of access and communion to God. And yet, even after all this, it would seem from what we just read that the early Christians and the church at that time believed that the Bible was still important. That it's not only that also that Jesus is a revelation of God and we have to like throw away the book. Well, sometimes it says, actually, no, like the, the book, the words in the book, the things that God has spoken through the book, are still part of how we get to understand who God is. They're still part of the revelation. We've got to say it relevant to what we're talking about this morning. The Bible is still a key part of how we hear, how we listen to the voice of God. And I think that most Christians would agree with this idea. I'm not saying anything controversial. The problem, however, is when we apply this to the real world, and to our personal life. What do I mean by that? Well, first of all, the Bible is a big book, right? So how exactly does God speak through it, right? Does that mean that, you know, I have to read the whole thing uh, before I can understand what God is trying to say? Uh, remember the, the, the joke that, that I opened with, right? Like this idea, okay, how do, do I just have to like open and point to enough ones until I get the answer I want, right? Like, it's kind of like, like, okay, give me a verse that says that I'm going to be okay. Or give me a verse that says, you love me. Uh, not that I have to repent. But like, kind of like, we, we're trying to, like, we don't know how to actually hear from God through the scriptures. Um, do I need to perform some sort of ritual before it works, right? Do I need to shake it three times and throw it against the wall? Do I need to, like, meditate? Or do I need to, like, kill a goat? What do I need to do? to actually hear from the Bible because probably your experience, my experience at least has been that sometimes I'm reading the thing and A, I don't understand and it makes not that much sense. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's very confusing. Sometimes it's gory, right? Like, like there's all these things that happen when you read the Bible and what I want to do for the next few minutes is probably spend some time looking at some of the less helpful ways that we sometimes take to trying to hear the voice from God from the Bible and then give you some ideas of perhaps how we can approach it better. So the first thing is this. The Bible, it's not an oracle. Okay? What do I mean by that? That 
uh, sometimes what, when we say, I want to hear the voice of God, what I really need is I want the Bible to function kind of like a horoscope. Like I want to read a verse, and I want that verse or that passage that I'm reading to somehow tell me something about that day and what's going to happen about that day, and it's going to give me some competitive advantage about, like, you know, if, if I'm going to spill coffee on my way to work, maybe I don't stop by Starbucks this morning, right? Like I want some sort of help. And a lot of times we try to treat the Bible like that. And, and I'm going to get eventually to how God speaks about it, but I've, the amount of conversations that I've had of like, sometimes I will preach something and somebody comes up to me and says, you know what, like I, I was reading that passage this morning. I think that's great. I think that's necessarily bad. And then it's like, and then I heard this song and sometimes the connections that people are making are really flimsy of like how they think that God's speaking. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but, I, and I don't want to like break people's heart and be like, I'm not sure that that, that might be your pizza last night, but I'm not sure. But the point thing to make is that a lot of times we want the Bible to function like an oracle. And the problem with that is, well, that a lot of times it doesn't line up because a lot of times you're reading the passage that's like you're hanging bluff. And what do you do with that, right? And a lot of, a lot of times what happens, though, is that we come to the Bible with that expectation and we're trying to develop some sort of, like, Bible reading discipline. And sometimes we get, like, if you read through the book of Numbers, like, unless you're an accountant, like, I'm not sure how that's going to, like, give you any insight on your day-to-day -day life, right? So when we think about the Bible like an oracle, uh, sometimes we end up being disappointed because it doesn't always answer the questions the way we want it to because I would argue it's not designed to do that. The second thing is the Bible is not a 911 dispatch center. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, a lot of times, the way we approach the Bible is that it's honestly the same way that we approach God in general. We believe in God. We love God. We think he's a good God. We don't have anything against him. But if we're honest about our daily lives, it's not like we have this deep abiding communion with him daily until the moment when something goes wrong. The moment where we get the call from the doctor that says, hey, we got the results of your test and we need to talk. To the moment when, you know, the person we've been uh, married to for 20 years says, hey, we need to talk. These are working for us. To the moment where, what you know what I'm saying? Like, when life gets real, all of a sudden we kind of like turn to God. And we become prayer warriors and we start praying a lot. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but I don't want you to, like, if you're in trouble, you should come to God. But a lot of times what happens is that we also try, start coming to the scriptures and we haven't read the book outside of church in like 10 years. And we're desperately trying for it to tell us something to comfort us in this moment of difficulty. And it's not as easy, right? Like we're reading it, we understand, we understand how, what it means. It, it, it's hard. Why? Because it's not designed to work like that. It's not designed to be something that just kind of like in a moment of like break in case of emergency and you open it to a passage and also then God is going to hear from you. Something that I include there uh, connected to this, the, the Bible isn't also a, a magic fortress, okay? What I mean by that is that I grew up in kind of like a charismatic Pentecostal tradition. And that tradition, uh, it served me well. I, I'm, I'm grateful for it and kind of like, you know, I'm a Christian because of that. But, but there's some kind of like dark edges to that. And one of the dark edges is that God has always to be supernaturally spectacular for God to be real, right? So when you're praying, it's like you have to pray and ask God and seek God. It's like you have to pray and you have to like, 
an angel has to show up. There has to be like lights and thunder and all things happening. And a lot of times we take that approach to the Bible. So we believe that our time reading the scriptures is only meaningful if we have some sort of ecstatic spiritual experience, right? If we're reading the Bible and it was like, you know, I was reading this verse and the sun was coming and like a little bird flew in through the window and sat next to me and whispered the lottery numbers for that day, right? Like when that, when that happens, guys speaking through me through the Bible. And the Bible actually also doesn't function like that. I'll be honest with you, most of the time, it's the opposite of that. <laughs> most of the time, it might feel like a chore to read. Most of, most of the time, you're going to read a passage and be like, okay. Okay, yeah, like that David killed Goliath, good for him. Right? Like, like, you know, a lot of times it's not that spectacular. And the problem is that we come to the Bible to real level with all of these expectations that this is how God speaks, right? That is going to like kind of like tell me exactly what's going to happen that day. And that in the moment of like difficulty, I'm just going to open it. I'm going to find the exact perfect verse right away that I need to be encouraged. Or that I'm going to read it. I'm going to have this kind of like ecstatic spiritual experience. And when those things don't happen, then what I what we usually come out, out of thinking is this thing doesn't work. Why bother? Even if you believe God, even if you love God, even if you believe like the Bible is the word of God, you're like, either I got like the defective copy, or more than likely, what we think is maybe I'm not good enough of a Christian for this to work for me. Because if I'm the problem, I'm not holy enough, I'm not smart enough, I haven't been to seminary enough, I don't listen to enough sermons, and the problem is me, and then we kind of like move away from the Bible because we think that it doesn't work or that it doesn't work for us. And what I want to tell you this morning is actually, I think that the problem might not be you and you don't have an effective version, like they'll kind of like line up with the same, make sure of that. Um, the problem might be that we're coming to the Bible trying to listen to the voice of God in the wrong way. So the question is then, how does God speak through the Bible? The first thing I would say is this. Through the Bible, God reveals the truth about who he is and the story that we find ourselves in. Okay, which means what? The Bible is not primarily designed to encourage you, believe it or not. And the Bible is not primarily designed to kind of like be like an SOS way of God getting a message to you across whatever situation you're living right now. The Bible is actually the the, the recording, the, the, the use of word that we use for the testament of the interactions of God with humanity. It's designed to give us this, this broader idea of who God is and how he has interacted with humans and with people throughout history and what the story that we find ourselves in, meaning the story of the world, actually is. And I would argue that's incredibly important, right? Uh, we're right now uh, at, at the church I'm, I work at in, in Virginia. We're doing this uh, screen called something called Core 52. It's kind of like a, uh, not exactly a Bible reading program, but we use this book that basically we focus on one verse a week for 52 weeks. And that verse, somehow, we use it as a starting point for a particular uh theme in the Bible. So we've talked about creation and covenants and identity in Christ. And like this week, we're actually looking at um, the, the idea of David being chosen as king of Israel. So we talked about, well, what does it mean that in the Bible, first, there were no kings, that God was supposed to be the king of the people. And then the people say, hey, this isn't working for us. We need a human king. So they choose Saul. 
and then Saul doesn't work out, so they choose David. And then David's doing great, but then God makes this covenant with David that says, hey, if your descendants kind of like keep my commands, then I'm going to establish your kingdom forever. And then it turns out his descendants are not that good at keeping God's commands. And we're having these conversations in, our, in, in, our, in, a, in, a, in a group that we have for, for, for this study, and we're talking, well, this has a lot of implications for our lives today, right? What does it mean that Jesus is our king above whatever politician or whatever government? What does it mean that we have to be loyal to him before we have to be loyal to whatever our political party inclinations are? What, you know, like there are very real things that the, in, in which God speaks to us through the Bible, but it's not just the one verse. It's understanding this larger idea of who God is and what is saying, what God is saying through the Bible and kind of like what the story of what's going on means. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. God reveals wisdom and precepts this, about the best possible way to live. Uh, a big part of the Bible is something that we call wisdom literature. Wisdom literature, think about the book of Proverbs. Think about uh, the book of, uh, you know, the Psalms, the book of Lamentations, the book of James, actually, is considered wisdom literature. And a lot of that is kind of like sometimes it's one or two line sayings, but they're actually, when you think about them, incredibly profound. So, so there is a wisdom of in, in the Bible about how to live in the world. Part of what we live there is wisdom is because if God is, you know, like, like the inspiration behind the scriptures, like the engine that inspires the scriptures, then obviously him having designed the world and having designed humans can probably have some good stuff to say about it. But also the Bible contains commands. You have all these laws and commands in the, in, in the New Testament. And by the way, you also have laws and commands in the New Testament, things that Jesus says to do. And part of what's going on there is that what God is actually revealing to us through those laws and commands and proverbs is what's the best possible way to live in the world. Listen, if God never, ever audibly spoke to you, which is probably the case for most of us, but take a step further. If you never felt that God was speaking to you through a particular passage. If you never felt that you're on a Sunday morning and you felt like God was speaking to you, if you never felt like you listened to worship song and that God was speaking to you, and I'm not saying that God doesn't speak through those things, I wanna demean it, but what I'm saying is like, if, if none of that ever happened and you live your life according to the precepts and the wisdom of the Bible, you probably would have a much happier life. You, you know what I'm saying? Like there's some wisdom, there's some ways in there in which God is speaking to us just for the sheer fact that God knows what the best possible way to live is and we would do well to listen to the, to the wisdom and to the advice and also to obey those commands. And the final thing, I would argue the most important thing that happens in how the Bible speaks to us is this, that through the Bible, God forms us into people who live and act like Jesus. That, that at the end of the day, I want to get to this in a moment, like at the end of the day, what God is after by him speaking to us, it's more than just encouragement or comfort. And I would argue, by the way, it's more than just sometimes convicting us of sin or calling us to repent. That, that the deeper idea of why we should read the scriptures, why we should try to listen to the voice of God through scriptures, is because the process of dwelling in the scriptures and meditating in them and playing in their lives, what they're actually giving out, what they're actually producing is that they're forming you as a person. That they're changing you 
into a different kind of person. Whatever the thing that you abide in will form who you are. Uh, I have a three-year-old son, and he's a construction equipment enthusiast, three years old, right? So he's obsessed with tractors, and he's obsessed with everything from uh, dump trucks to lawnmowers to, like, vacuum trucks. Like, we, we were trying to teach him to pray, and we're saying part of prayer is, like, what are you grateful for? And he says, I'm grateful for vacuum trucks, even though he doesn't have a vacuum truck. And then, what are you praying for? Well, I want Jesus to bring me a vacuum truck. Like, that's all he cares about. But the reason why is because I made, we made uh, a couple of years ago, they probably don't know if smart or terrible decision of interesting response to this guy named Blip on YouTube. And the parents here know what I'm talking about. It's, it's kind of like, kind of annoying, but he like, a little bit educational. Like he teaches kids like about different things. And he hung on to that and kind of like became obsessed with that. And if, if, if he has wheels and he moves Blip, he has a song about it. And my son knows it, okay? And, and there's something about the fact that he dwells with Blippi. He meditates on what Blippi says. And it's for him the things that he cares about. No, it's a good thing. I mean, there's nothing wrong about him caring about tractors and whatever. I mean, so point it gets expensive because you have to buy all these toys, but I'll tell you, it's not like a bad thing, right? But sometimes when we dwell and we meditate on these other things, right? Sometimes it's the news. Sometimes it's our social media feeds. Sometimes it's bad friendships. And those things form us in a way. I think that part of what God's trying to do through the scriptures is, that, well, what if through the scriptures you're meditating and you're abiding in me, you're abiding with me? And through that process, you might not know this right away, but God starts to form you and change you into somebody who looks like you. So I think those are the kind of like the three main ways that God speaks through the Bible. That what I want to then go to is, if those are the main ways in which God speaks, how can we actually hear God through the Bible? First thing I would say is this. This is not that popular. You're going to have to at some point read the whole thing. I mean that. And I'm not saying if you've never read the Bible cover to cover, you're a bad Christian. I'm not saying if you've never read the Bible cover to cover, Jesus doesn't love you or God can't use you. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is a basic, simple stuff. Right? Think about any work of literature, any novel, anything. Like, the movie isn't as good as the book. It's just plain and simple, right? So you can watch a movie all you want and get the main ideas, and the equivalent of that is going to church, right? Like you've come to church and you hear somebody preach about a passage. We're we're reading a couple of verses here and there for today, and you're hearing Brian preach. Maybe you listen to podcasts, whatever. Like you listen to stuff, but most of us actually have never actually read the whole thing, and there's a lot of context that we're missing. There's a lot of things in there that there's not... And you can't be a good Christian and you can't be happy and God can use you. No, don't hear me say any of that. There's stuff that you'll miss out for the sheer fact that you actually haven't read the whole thing. So the, one, the first thing I would say to anybody, like when somebody's a new Christian, I kind of like say, hey, I want you to read through the Gospels first, read through the life of Jesus, read like a, a, a chapter of the Psalms a day, and after you're through with you, you're going to have to start for the whole thing. And there's tools, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of something called the Bible Project that kind of, like, illustrates, like, what the main point of each book is and gives you an idea of the content of it. And, and those things are important. Those tools are important. But at the core of part of what's going on is that you're going to have to read the whole thing. And this is why. Let me take you to a passage. This is John chapter 5. verse 39. This is not in the slides, by the way. So just kind of, like, listen to me read. This John chapter 5, verse 39 says this. Jesus is talking to, this, to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are known because... 
they know the Bible cover to cover, and Jesus actually has become sort of like an enemy of them through his ministry on earth because he's saying, you guys know this whole thing. You should know how this works, and they're the ones that are rejecting Jesus the most, the ones that are fighting against Jesus the most, and he says this, John chapter 5, verse 39, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. The reason why I'm telling you to read the Bible cover to cover is not only because there's stuff in there that you're missing that is going to bring life to you. It's because what Jesus says is that when you actually read it with the right lens, the whole of the Bible is pointing to we have a little children's Bible, the children's storybook Bible that, that we read to, to Jack sometimes. And the tagline of that Bible is this line, every story whispers his name. Uh, the Bible project I was mentioning, kind of like their, uh, their main uh, kind of like mission statement is that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. But when we realize that we come to the scriptures What's in there, if you know how to look, if you understand it, if you read with the right eye, with the right lens, is that it's over and over pointing to Jesus and reminding us of Jesus. And I don't say this. Some of us, we don't fully know Jesus. And, and again, I'm not saying that we're not Christians, that we're not saved, that God doesn't love us, we're not spiritual enough. What I'm saying is that we have the main highlights, right? Like Jesus was born, and Jesus did miracles, and Jesus taught, and Jesus died, and Jesus resurrected, and Jesus is the Son of God. And those are kind of like the main key things, right? But you start reading the Gospels, for example, and you start seeing how Jesus interacts with people. When you start seeing the compassion that Jesus has, sometimes when you start seeing the strength that Jesus has, when you start seeing how radical Jesus is, it starts adding all this color to who Jesus is. A, a lot of us... We're not more in love with Jesus because we're not less spiritual or because we're too much of sinners. A lot, a lot of us, we're not more in love with Jesus because we don't know him more. But what the Bible does, the Bible helps us get to know Jesus more. I remember watching this, um, one of the Marvel movies. I think it's a Civil War movie. Like, I know that Brian is a big Marvel fan, so he probably quotes movies all the time. Uh, and in that movie, there's like the main bad guy. You see him through the whole movie, kind of like begins listening to this uh voice nothing and you never know what the voice that he's listening to but you see him throughout the, the movie kind of like trying to listen to it and towards the end of the movie you realize that he's listening to the last voicemail that his wife left him before she died and she had died kind of like as collateral damage from this big superhero fight and that's what he wants to like get back to the bad superheroes right he loved his wife so much and he was so heartbroken he couldn't hear her voice anymore he so on to this recording, and as often as I can, he's listening to it, so he remembers the voice of his wife. One of the things that the Bible is, is this recording, literally, of the voice of God. We've got speaking to people through the ages. And when we listen to it, part of what we're doing is we're listening to the voice of God. We're, we're getting to know God. We're getting to hear what he says, and that will change us. The second thing is this. Uh, how to read the Bible? By meditating it 
um, putting its teachings into practice. Psalm 119, verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. The, one of the things that, the, the, this is in the Old Testament, right? the, the psalmist says is, part of what happens when you start reading the scriptures is you start meditating in them, that you start thinking about them. Part of the problem that we have sometimes with scriptures is that we don't meditate on them, meaning we read them and we close the book and we're out. And you know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever read a piece of news or an article and you read it for two seconds and then it's outside of mind and you're thinking about something else? The part of, apparently, the wisdom that we get in the Bible, how, how to read the Bible, is actually like, have to meditate on it, to think about it. Some people journal through the Bible. Some people just, like, I, I'm terrible at that because I hate my handwriting. So it's so hard for, to, for me to journal. But I'll, whenever I read that passage, I'll probably write, like, one or two words or one or two things that really stuck to me just to, as a means of sort of, like, meditating in that. The second thing, part of, like, what meditating means is that we have to open ourselves up to the work of the Spirit. There's a, a Christian writer in spirituality. He says this, we have been trained to be informational readers, not spiritual readers. And what he means by that is that we read the Bible basically for information. We want to know, okay, what are the things that I don't have to do? What are the good things that I should do? You know, like, who do I not like, who I like? Like, that's kind of like how we read the Bible, to get information from it about how to view the world. I said, that's not necessarily bad. But he said, but the reality is that if the Bible is the revelation from God, who is spirit, who is beyond understanding, beyond our comprehension, and there's passages where, like, you know, uh, the Apostle Peter would talk about what Paul writes, and he says, like, you cannot just understand it on your normal mind. Like, you need God to, like, reveal that to you. So, so part of what it means to read the Bible, to hear the voice of God, is that before we come to the Scriptures, we come before God and we open ourselves up to the work of the Spirit. We open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. And what that means is a couple of things. One is like literally we pray and we ask God, we ask the Holy Spirit who's real, who lives within us, Holy Spirit, show me what you want to say to me in your word. But the other thing that that means, though, is that we do that, that implying that prayer is this, that I'm going to believe what you're saying. I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. I'm not going to do what you're telling me not to do. You, you know what I'm saying? That part of what it means to be open to the Spirit is that kind of like a predecession that we're going to listen, that we're going to obey. The other thing of, of how we kind of like grow and maintain the Scriptures is that we develop it as a habit. Okay? Part of the problem is that a lot of us, our approach to the Scriptures is so sporadic that we're never able to build like a certain consistency. And remember, part of what we said, what we said is that part of what God is doing through the Bible is like it's actually forming us into people who look like Jesus. Well, the only way you're formed is by repetition. There's a, a, a philosophy professor in, in Michigan, uh, James K. Smith, he says this, there is no formation without repetition. He says, learning to love takes practice and practice takes repetition that if you're going to develop that habit if you're going to let God form you through the real of the scripture you have to develop it as a habit a few years ago the Center for Bi Bible Engagement Study did a study for eight years with a hundred thousand people self-identified as Christians about like the effects of the Bible in their lives and it's a fascinating study we're just reading really like a little bit of the of, of, of the result it says that people that struggle with bitterness that decreased by 40 percent 
People having a destructive thoughts about themselves, others, that decreased by 32%. People that had difficulty in forgiving others, that decreased by 31%. Experiencing loneliness, 30%. Experiencing fear of anxiety, 40%. You know what? That's a result of, that was a result of people who developed the habit of reading the Bible four or more times a week. Four or more times a week. There's something about making it a habit, just the actual act of committing to it forms us and changes. I mean, and listen, and sometimes what ends up happening is this, right? You're reading the Bible and, and you're spending a month in Leviticus and you're thinking about baseball while you're reading that, right? Like, because it makes no sense to you and your mind just goes off places. And then what happens is that a year from now, something happens in your life and the Holy Spirit brings back to your mind something that you read before. That a, a lot of times what happens to me is a lot of times I'll be reading the Bible and it will make no sense then. I'll walk away thinking whatever, and then that weekend something will happen, and the connection will be made between what I'm reading and what I'm experiencing, and that kind of will drill it deeper into my mind. Now, what happens as a result of all this, and this is kind of like we're out, we're, we're, we're out close, is that if you spend all that time with God, with that posture of being willing to obey, with that posture of humility, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you, is this. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 27 says this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. You know what you're saying? What you're saying is, listen, uh, when you're spending time with me through scriptures, you get to know what my voice sounds like. Think about what we're talking about originally, right? How does God speak to a scripture? I actually believe that God's speaking to us all the time. The promise of God speaking, the promise I love that we can't see. And yes, sometimes it's because of our sin, and sometimes because of our immaturity. Most of the time, it's just because our ears are not attuned. And part of what committing ourselves to the study of scriptures is that all of a sudden, our ears start becoming attuned to what God wants to say. Um, a couple of years ago, we uh, had started this church in Washington, D.C., and, you know, COVID happened, and kind of like, our church never really recovered from that, and a year later, we ended up having to, uh, to shut down. And for me, that was really difficult. Then, kind of like threw me into this mental health crisis that lasted for several months. I had to see therapist, I had to seek counsel, I had to take medication, it was a really, really difficult time. And in the middle of that time, I was kind of like in, through this uh, Bible reading um, program, and I was reading some passages, and passages were about judgment, like, I was reading through the book of Ezekiel, and the first half of the book of Ezekiel, don't read if you're depressed, because it's just going to make it worse, right, because of all this judging from God, right? I remember reading through them, like, God, like, this is not helpful right now at all, right? But I kept reading, and then when you get to, like, the, the second half of the book of Ezekiel, all of a sudden, all of these kind of, like, passages about judgment take a turn. They become passages about hope and restoration, and God saying that he's going to restore, you know, the fortunes of Israel. There's this passage I remember all the time where, 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 where God says, you know, I am going to, like, provide the land itself. And he's saying, and that land is going to give you twice what it gave you before. And it was funny because during that time, it was like a difficult, very difficult like financial time for us. 
And in the middle of all of that time, like the things that God did financially for us were incredible blessing. And what I started doing is I opened a file. I have a, an app on my phone called Evernote. And I opened this file and I started just writing down every single verse where I felt like God was speaking to me. I think I have a screenshot of that if you can, if you can show it. Um, anytime. I have it there. Well, trust me when I tell you there is, there, there is a screenshot of there. Uh, then you go, okay. And this was just like every time I would read a passage and I felt remotely that God had spoken to my life through a passage, I started writing it down. And this is why I did that was because I started struggling with anxiety attacks. And they would come from one moment to the other and my mind would go to like the darkest places thinking that everything was falling apart. And one of the things, the only things at some point that I could do is I would pull out that file and I would start reading through those passages word by word, just reciting them to myself. And it was kind of like, like if you're drowning and somebody throws you a lifeboat. And the thing I'm saying is like, I didn't write that list in a day. And those passages were not passages that God all of a sudden at the same time started speaking to me. Some of those passages are things that God through the years has spoken to me that have meant something. Some of those passages were things that I was reading the scriptures during that time. God started, you know, saying something meaningful. Some of those passages were something that my dad was sending to me to encourage me. And it kind of like became this library. And in my most difficult moment when I needed help, I cried out to the Lord. And he responded through his word. But I only get there if the scriptures are a part of my daily habit. We want to thank you for joining us at Centerpoint Church, Kid Island. Here at CPKI, we are a community of believers passionately pursuing Christ. And today we hope that you're one step closer. Again, if you want to follow us, you can reach out to us at www.centerpointchurchki.com or on our Instagram page at centerpointki. We hope to hear from you soon and may God's blessings be upon you.